Hey everybody, it's Chris Michaels. I did a live audio recording on the Wisdom app with an audience that went up to about 74 people by the time I was done. This went so long, I could not believe I talked for almost two hours nonstop. And I had one person come on for a brief discussion. Because this went so long, I decided to break it up into two parts. So you are now going to be getting part one and part two separately here. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. I'm just starting this off here. I think I got the clue about this uh, Wisdom app system and way of working here that um, it doesn't matter whether people are discussing or not because one of the things they said in the startup uh, information page was this is sort of like you can just go listen to people and it can be like a master class that you don't have to pay $250 for. And I think the system will sort itself out, like who actually has something uh, worth hearing and who doesn't, but it also gravitate towards certain types of people. So, you know, if you're not into a certain subject, then you just, there are certain people who will follow, certain people we won't, and it's just going to be that natural kind of a way. So I think the system will sort itself out. Um, kind of like, you know, if you think of, I forgot, it was a, an alternate uh, social media type um, platform and someone made the comment that uh, basically the same thing because you get a number of ups, up thumbs and down thumbs and that kind of dictates the overall success. Of course, if you can see that, if you're on, the, on the, the, the side where you're making that content, you probably see all those by yourself. But like, I, I'm actually so glad that YouTube uh, stopped putting ups and downs because when I see a down, that represents negativity. Um, now, maybe something really is bad, and that's okay, but um, down thumbs represent negativity when you see a ton of them. Sometimes, not always, but I just got tired of that, so I'm glad they took that off. <laughs> I'm just really glad. But anyway, <clears throat> I'm, just try I'm just talking about how I'm starting to figure this system out, this little wisdom app thing, and how if I come on here expecting that I'm supposed to be on a certain time or get certain numbers of people or have discussions or not, like somehow that's a a factor in my success rate or whatever. And I think I'm getting to the point where that's not necessarily uh, a good gauge of whether you're being effective or not. And so I think I'm getting past that. This is my fifth time on right now. And it's been a few days since I came on last, but um, since I see a few people coming on, my topic for today and the title of this thing is Supernatural Science Operating in Two Realms, How I Discovered My Calling. Now, I have an unusual testimony. I've talked a little about that in uh, the last few broadcasts, but if anyone's new, you know, it, I have to just repeat a little bit here and there. Um, this actually, the term supernatural science, it's a, it's a word, two words that I put together. Uh, it was two and a half years ago. I wrote a free ebook, relatively short, based on the process I had been going through up to that point about finding my calling in life. And I've mentioned before how I had a whole career. I was in the Air Force 20 years. I graduated from the Air Force Academy, got a degree in, like, general, uh, yeah, Bachelor of Science degree, and spent 20 years in a few different career fields, uh, hopped around a little bit, but the majority of that was as an intelligence officer. And so kind of the very analytical type uh, step by not I'm not really a step-by-step -step person you listen to me for any length of time I hop around I'm like a squirrel I just keep hopping around running up trees and all that kind of stuff and I'm just not a very methodical kind of person but in the terms of being analytical and like you could say the left brain kind of thing and all that stuff uh, that 
has always been very much me. And so uh, when I had to learn about the other side, so that's the scientific side, we'll call it that. So the other side, the supernatural side is something, and I, I do say that, okay, just a reminder here that I do speak from my own basis, uh, my own foundation, my faith foundation as a Christian, but I'm not here to try to push it on anyone. I'm not here to try to convince anyone of anything. Um, so you can listen and not feel like I'm trying to quote a bunch of uh, Bible passages now, because I'm not really not going to do that. Some people are here and that's their thing and that's fine. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to just be reach a much broader audience uh, in such a way that um, they don't hear 10 words come out of my mouth and say, oh, he's one of them. Well, if you hear everything I have to say, I'm not one of them. I mentioned that before. I'm not one of those kinds of people because if you actually hear me talk about some of the beliefs I have, it goes way beyond anything most people will talk about. So that's, I'm trying to be vague about that because I don't want to get into that, but we are dealing with both combining, like I said, operating in two realms supernatural and science. Now, this actually came out of one of my, this, like I said, this was an ebook um, about the process I went through in finding my life calling. And I used those two words in the title, supernatural and science. And um, <clears throat> I, I just realized that there was a, there are two things that you can actually put the two together. They seem on the surface as a paradox, like they're total opposites of each other. I think most people would probably even if you're not thinking seriously about it, you would probably say, yeah, this sounds like a paradox. How do you put those two opposites together? And because of the process I went through, I had to do that. And it was very hard. I've talked about in the past how I went through the Doctor Strange, like the Marvel movie, the Doctor Strange process. And, you know, minus the, the surgeon thing and minus the car accident, I went through the same process. You see how he started? He only believed what he could see with his eyes. If he couldn't measure it, if he couldn't uh, put data behind it, then he didn't believe in it. And finally, he was forced into a situation that destroyed all of that, and he went looking. And so I didn't go through, you know, exactly what, you know, the two things I mentioned, like the big theme in the beginning, the car wreck and, and the whole doctoral thing. I didn't have that, but my life went through the same exact process, and it started 11 years ago. It was very, very hard. So you see in the beginning of that movie how he was, and then when he was forced to have to confront all that and forced to search and forced to see what was outside all that, he had, he, he had to confront all his biases, all his uh, formed beliefs about things and uh, all that kind of thing. He had to, he had to confront all of that. And he, it was a very hard time. He was going back and forth, fighting with the whole thing. I went through the whole same thing and it started 11 years ago. It was really hard. It was exactly as hard as that movie makes it out. Especially because I'm going to, I like, okay, I like to expose the stuff that's been wrong with me in the past, or maybe the stuff that's still going on. I feel like it's easier to identify with people or people feel more drawn to you when you don't mind exposing yourself. Cause then you're being honest. You're not being a hypocrite. You're not putting on a false front. And so I was, uh, I'm not pointing anyone out family related or anything, but I was raised by certain family influences to be very arrogant. Um, just like Dr. Strange. Um, and a lot of it had to do with intellectual things. I, there were some people in my family that they died a long time ago now. They were older, like uncles and all that kind of thing. And their whole thing was, um, I'll just say one of them in particular, he, he would literally say people were stupid because he said the average person is stupid. I mean, he would go around saying this stuff and he had no filter on his mouth. He just said that to everyone. He made a lot of enemies. And be, when you say that kind of thing, what that really was, I learned, is that's about being haughty. Haughty means you're looking down on people. You think you're better than everyone else, and therefore you look down on people that 
that are uh, not like you or they don't talk like you, they don't act like you, there's something different about them. And a lot of it comes, some of it comes down to an insecurity, but some of it is just a matter of being arrogant. And so I was raised, uh, if I say raised, I'm not calling out any particular family members. I'm saying the overall family influence was that. And so it was very hard for me uh, <clears throat> to have success in certain parts of my life because of that. It kept like pride will block you off. Arrogance will block you off. And I found out later that there's so many different types of pride. Uh, people get all into their family name or their ethnicity or where they come from or uh, their educational background or any number of things that you could become. And now I say arrogant and pride, I learned are two different things, but if we just call it one the same right now, it's probably easier because I'm not trying to get into a wordsmithing thing here, but there's so many numbers of ways that you could attach an arrogant attitude to something. It could be about money. In some cases, it could be about not having money. Um, as crazy as that sounds, but it's true. Um, but anyway, so I had to confront all that stuff. And as I started looking for why things didn't work, why things weren't working, why I was having, uh, a, I, it's like I kept running into a wall. I could only go so far with what I was finding, what I was, what I was able to do with my life. Uh, during my previous career and it's like I just couldn't get past something and I didn't know what the problem was So as I got towards the end of that my 20 years in the military I started realizing I got to get really serious about this and so I did and I had to confront a lot of stuff that I would not have previously believed in and um, And that is where the uh, the faith part uh, comes in because as crazy as it sounds and uh, Well, whether you understand this or not, I'll just say it um, coming from a lot of church background my whole life, I realized when I was put in this situation, like the Dr. Strange situation, when everything was starting to come to a screeching end, I found out that I actually didn't have any belief that was of any usefulness at all to me. All the stuff that I had learned, all the, all the you know, churches and Bible studies actually taught me nothing that I could practically use because when I was put in a situation, basically thrown into a situation uh, where I had to find out what I could stand on, I didn't have it, I had nothing. Zero. I found out, I mean, I was, I was diligent. I was seriously into, you know, wherever, because I moved to a lot of places in the military. I lived all over, and everywhere I went, I tried to get hooked into these, you know, church groups and that kind of thing. But every single place I had gone, I learned that I found out that it, it did nothing for me when I was forced into the situation where, okay, everything is now ending, and now what? I, I literally woke up in a panic. After I left the Air Force, I woke up in a panic every single morning for the first year, and then something less than that for the next year after. And then that kind of went on and off because I had nothing to, I had no foundation. And I could, and it's not that I didn't know what was in the Bible and the, the standard church teaching. No, I knew that. I knew all that. I was very involved in those things. And what I had learned was a zero. I couldn't stand on nothing when I was forced into it. So you go back to the Doctor Strange movie. So he had to confront so many things. He finally hears about this guy that went off to, um, I guess, what was it, Nepal or something? Um, I forgot all that now. <clears throat> the whole, yeah, out east. And um, so he has to confront all these things. Then he gets to the place where the person, where someone finally gives him the answer, and how does he act towards that person? They call it the the ancient one, I think, or what is her name, anyway. Um, so. And she confronts him with that, and he, he mocks and scoffs and has a very arrogant attitude and said, I've seen this in a gift shop before and all this stuff. And, and then finally she forces him to see 
the reality that he had not known existed for his whole life and, and had become uh, very much against. And, you know, he mocked it and all that. So, so you see the process he went through. Now, I didn't necessarily, I, actually I did. If you back up to prior to 11 years from now, say 12 or 13 years, I was confronted with a little bit of that. And the way it was presented, I thought it was stupid. I, didn't, I thought it was dumb. I was like, I'm never going to have anything to do with this crap again. And it was the supernatural thing. And I just thought there was a lot of hype behind it. And I had learned from uh, mostly the, my only real experience with uh, like a modern day biblical supernatural were people that I thought were charlatans. I thought they were idiots. I thought they were con men. And the way, and I only heard the negative. I only heard the negative. So it's funny. I didn't go looking for the positive. I, I figured, okay, how can you, okay, stop and think about this. Let's back up a little bit. How can you say something is false if there is not a true version of that? How do you have a one-sided coin? You can't. So in order for there to be something false, they had to be counterfeiting something that was actually true. Where was the truth? I didn't know enough to go looking for that. So eventually I finally did. I got, I had to confront all these biases and I got to a point where, I mean, I kept fighting back and forth. And finally I just said, okay, I get it. This stuff is real. I don't understand it, but I get it's real. And I, I dug my feet and I said, I am not going to believe this if it's not true. I said, I am not jumping headfirst into something that is just a bunch of crap. I will not do that. I, I mean, I even had a good friend uh, back at the time, uh, 11 years ago, when I was starting to learn this down in a South American country, just got connected by a social media connection. And she knew all this. She knew, had lived her life knowing this. And I even, I, I look back and I, I hate to say it, but I'd actually get into arguments with her on chat because I didn't understand this. And, you know, I'm a little bit more well-refined uh, now. I don't quite do that with people. <laughs> um, but I learned all the stuff that she knew her whole life, you know, in the last so many years now. But anyway, that's my kind of thing. My personality is, base, my basic personality is to fight with something and not give up and keep fighting and fighting. And sometimes it's a very ugly process. It, just like in Doctor Strange, he was fighting with uh, the lady there. And uh, I, don't, I don't think he, she was his girlfriend, but it was kind of hard to tell in the beginning, actually. Anyway, you see how even she, he even got into fights with her and caused a big problem. Well, that's exactly the kind of person I was. And, um, <clears throat> but sometimes the, the fighting part, you have to fight with something until you grab a hold of it and say, okay, finally, I got it. I'm, I, I get it now, finally, but there's an ugly process you have to go through sometimes to get to that point. And I did. So, so I had to learn how to put two things together that didn't seem to have anything to do with each other at all. Now, if I fast forward a little bit to tell you where this is going, I'll just jump ahead and say that I have two websites. One is... I'll just call it now my personal website. It's the logo I'm currently using right now for this wisdom app thing. It has my name on it, but if you, and in the, I just changed the description and my profile. If you use my name and put a .com after it, if you spell it right, it's in there, chrismichaels.com. I'll call that my personal website. That is the, my whole supernatural testimony and all the stuff that I've learned uh, up till now. And there's like 146 blogs or something in there. I have a whole podcast channel. A lot of those blogs are turned text to speech. I have videos in there. I have a whole bunch of stuff that, and if I were to show that to the average, uh, the average, I hate to say it like this because I'm not trying to be, uh, I'm not trying to come across this way, but if I showed that to the average, in quotes, church person, they would totally reject it. They would say, this is a bunch of crap, which is how I was about 12, 13 years ago, I was the same way. And so I had to come out of that. Anyway, so I'm just trying to say that my website, that website, chrismichaels.com, 
only attracts a very specific type of person because you're not going to find it unless you're looking for it. And I never wanted to put my name out there like that. It wasn't my idea, but there's a reason why that happened and why I started that. Uh, I actually started it seven years ago, seven plus years ago. And at the time, that was the only thing I'd come up with. And I didn't have a name. I call it experimental on the top. I, that thing has stuck for all these years because sometimes I'm lousy at coming up with names. I'm not very creative. That leads, okay, so that's the supernatural side. But if you read what's in there, I have a whole, I do have a whole section uh, called supernatural science. I also have another section called science dreams. All the stuff that has been revealed to me about what I'm going to be doing, technology and science related, global technology, we're talking global advanced energy technology has been revealed to me in my dreams. If you see the last uh, little episode I did here, I talked about the Pleiades power station dream that I had. That was one of the first I ever had, and I've got 50 to 60 of those ever since. So I know based on that, and I'm jumping ahead here a little bit, but I know based on that, I have a calling now that I've discovered in the last few years, I have a calling to advanced energy technology, something I knew nothing about my entire life. And so that's why I make such a big deal that you've got to pay attention to some of these things because you don't know what might be hiding in there. And I'm just going to walk into another room because I'm trying to have a, a you know, a cut down in the background. So anyway, um, if you don't pay attention, see, that's okay. So that's how I found out all the kind of things that I now write about there in terms of uh, what's coming. The whole science streams, the calling I have, which I knew nothing about my whole life because... I didn't understand any of the supernatural stuff. So basically, I mean, literally speaking, everything that is science and technology related was revealed to me through dreams at night. Now, I mentioned in the past, there are other people that could tell you the same thing. Um, and maybe they wouldn't use all the same basis of foundation, like faith related that I do, but they would tell you the same thing. And here's, I can mention them again. Uh, the guy who discovered the uh, atomic structure of benzene, and I can't pronounce his name, Kakuli or something like that, he saw it in a dream. Uh, the person who invented the sewing machine, forgot her name, his or her name, I forgot, saw it in a dream. All symbolic stuff, but when they woke up, they thought about it really hard and they figured it out. Um, the guy who invented Google, he had it in a dream when he was in college. He comes out and tells you this. Uh, <clears throat> there's other people. There's a guy you probably don't know of unless you're really into the advanced energy technology stuff. You probably, you may have heard of a guy named David Adair. If you look for him on YouTube, there's a ton of this stuff out there. All of a sudden, it's like he's just suddenly become the big thing. Everyone wants to talk to him because they know his story is true. I had dreams ahead of time validating his story, so I know it's true. Um, but I'm just saying he created the first ever working fusion reactor. Actually worked um, in 1971 as a teenager because he saw it in dreams. He wrote everything down. He had equations and everything, all kinds of crazy stuff. And... He went over a period of time, he wrote it down and he figured it out and the Air Force funded him. It's all a matter of public record. So um, I, I have a second website and it's uh, so my first one, my personal one is actually they're both linked on here right now. So the one, my profile logo is chrismichaels.com. My second website is bluecuberocket.com. The whole thing is symbolic. The logo is symbolic. The name is symbolic. If you think about it enough, you can probably figure it out. Um, especially if you hear me talk enough, you'll, you'll figure out where that came from. So um, I say I'm not very good with coming up with names. And if you, if you really look into that one, you'll figure it out. So, but that one is intended to be the whole science tech, uh, eventually the business side website of where this thing is taking me. And so you're going to see the outcome of all this in a science and tech um, explanation. And when the things actually happen, uh, you're going to see it there because I will be involved in those things myself. 
And um, so that's what that website is for. So basically, I have two websites. You put one is all science and tech, and the other one is, it's actually both supernatural and science together. And you put those together. So that's sort of like, you can see, like, how do you put these things together? Well, that, you eventually, it'll eventually make sense. Um, I think Blue Cube Rocket is what I have linked right now on my profile. I, I switched something there. So uh, it's kind of a startup website. I had some stuff on there that I deleted because I started that website. Okay, my personal one started seven years ago. The Blue Cube Rocket I started four years ago. I thought everything was going to take off long ago. And <laughs> there's been so many ups and downs, part of the whole process of de personal development that I had to go through um, and all that, which I'm going to have in the in the. I'm rewriting the Supernatural Science ebook. Uh, it's no longer out there available. It's going to be a regular ebook, full, pretty long, uh, normal length, I'll say. But I just had this thought that because it's taken me so long to rewrite that thing, um, I'm just going to come out and talk about what's in there and some of the content. So it'll some of it will be out in the open before the thing comes out, and the written version will just have a lot more that you can you can look at. What's in there, you can follow step by step. I'll have all the supporting document or supporting stuff in there. So it'll make more sense than just hearing me talk. And like I say, I hop around a lot anyway. So some people have a hard time following me. And I apologize for that in advance. But um, it's kind of just, I just have to go with it. Because um, I, I found out a couple of years ago that I got caught in a trap of perfectionism. So I have to get past that. And I can't try to do everything perfect. Because if I do, I won't even be here talking. I won't have anything. And I already went through that once or a couple of times before. So anyway, all right. <clears throat> so back on the topic of supernatural science. Now, some of the things I'm going to be discussing in there is, and it's kind of like my little outline for notes here, so I can uh, kind of stay on track. Um, the first, one of the first things in that book was, uh, maybe I'll just tell it right here, because last time I told uh, my Pleiades power station dream. And I had one even before that, and I, I can't remember now, was it two years before that or three years before that? But it was the first, and this is common symbols. So this is something like, if you don't pay attention to your dreams, I'm going to give a, a little bit of an explanation so you can have something to grab onto. Um, but a, a life-calling dream, many times, not always, but will have common symbols. When I say common symbols, it means stuff you see in your everyday life or the kind of dreams that are very common because they frequently occur to people, like vehicles, you're driving, or in an airplane, or a boat, that's very common. You'll see that a lot. And by the way, I should insert right here for those who uh, haven't heard me in the past, um, I, I have been trained and I've studied uh, biblical dream interpreting ever since the last 11 years. And I've been doing online interpreting for uh, seven years now. I have thousands of emails that have come in, uh, not to mention the friends that have gotten uh, connected with me personally that on a not not so much every day but sometimes a lot they send me uh, stuff and so I have a ton of experience uh, using the biblical uh, interpreting principles just like Daniel and Joseph exactly the same and it's funny because I wanted to know that all my life how did those guys interpret dreams and no one at the time I didn't know where to go to look for the answers and so when I did find out a lot of things started to make sense and there's a cert there are certain methods principles protocols I use for that and uh, like I say, if I didn't have the experience, then I wouldn't have as much confidence 
and how do you do that? But I have a ton of experience with that now. So um, not to say, I mean, I can't always get the answer on everything people send me, but most of the time I either get the answer or get them in the ballpark. So uh, just a little heads up and that's just kind of how it works. But anyway, um, so my first dream that I ever had, it was about, I think, let's see, it was 2014. If I remember correctly, it's all, I have this all written down, which by the way, you got to write down yours. Otherwise there's so many things, uh, that are, that will be revealed in your dreams that if, and it'll, it'll look like nonsense. If you're new to all this, it's going to look like nonsense. You're going to say, what the heck is that? How did my imagination come up with that? I can almost guarantee you most of the time it is not your imagination. And I know from my perspective, again, I'm not trying to convince anyone of anything, but I know from my perspective that if you go back to the Bible and see all the parables in there, and not just the Gospels, no, I'm talking about go back to Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, all that, a lot of that is written in parables or parabolic or metaphoric speaking. And your dreams are the same way. Why? Because it's the same God who, who inspired the writing of the Bible is the same God who gives dreams. Not all of them are from God. I can't say all that. There's reasons sometimes when they're not, but uh, I know from my experience and, I, and again, I should say here that I have, in the last seven to eight years since I started writing them down and putting them in a document, I have 900 pages of dreams written down, including the notes for interpretation. And each page has, I went back and checked it out, it's about four dreams plus the notes on average per page. So four times 900 is 3,600 dreams in the last eight, seven to eight years. Now my question to you is, if you're not paying attention to that, how many did you ignore and how many things were in there? And I could show you all the stuff that's in mine. Some of it is personal. Some of it is about what I'm going to tell you now. And it's just all different. Some of it is about other people. And when I talk to them about it, they it's like, yep, that's exactly, some of them were like, wow, that's exactly what's going on with me. And so it is, is, it is like a prophetic, a modern day prophetic type thing. Um, and anyways, that's a whole story right there. But <clears throat> let me just get to this one. And the first dream I ever had and if I walk, I'm going to walk through it, and hopefully you'll see what I'm talking about, how it had every single major detail of what I'm going to be involved with, and it was, it was revealed in symbols about, uh, well, back in 2014, eight years ago. So what happened was I was standing in the front yard, in the dream, in the front yard of my childhood house. A childhood house is a very common symbol. It means the personal message about you. I was standing in the front driveway because that represented the future. If you're in the backyard, it's either a personal message or it's about your past, something that happened in the past that is still affecting you today. Okay, so those are very common symbols. Um, so I was standing in the driveway in front of the house, at, in my childhood house. Okay, I'm looking up in the sky and, this, and from the back, from behind the back of the house, which represents the past, I see this huge jumbo jet coming and it's kind of low. So I can actually, it's not like super high in the sky. It's, it's low as if it, as if this was an air show. Cause I'm, I used to be big on flying. I mean, I'm, I am a licensed pilot and all that. I did a lot of flying and it was a big thing when I was a kid. So, um, like if you go to an air show, I went to tons of those and you see the airplane, they come low so you can see them. <laughs> They're not like way up high cause you just see a little contrail and that would be the, like, what's that? Wow. Isn't that amazing? We don't know what it is. Um, so it came low enough, like an air show flyby, so I could see it. So it was this big, huge jumbo jet. As I see it from the front, I see it as two huge engines, kind of like a 777, a Boeing 777 has the two big engines under the wings, except these were even, they were way bigger than that. And then, so I see it from the front, I see the two engines. Now I see it right above me. 
And it has quite, because dreams are parables, they're going to have things that are not normal. And so that's how you know it's a symbolic message. So right now, this, this big jumbo jet, huge, big, it's big, is right over the top of me, flying maybe a thousand feet up. And it, now it has a big, huge engine that goes right underneath the main body of the aircraft. If you're a pilot, you know the fuselage is the main body. That's what they call the main body of the airplane. I think it's a French word. Um, and so that it was, but it was underneath there. And of course, in real life, you would say, well, how can you have a big engine underneath the thing? It, it wouldn't be able to land. You'd have to have super long landing gear. Well, again, it's a parable, so things aren't going to look quite normal <clears throat> because it means something. Okay, so it had a, the third engine was right underneath the body of the jet. Now it passes by, it goes away from me, and it's going, it went from the back of the house to the, towards the front of the house, and then away in the distance, going away from the house towards the front. So, so now it's, uh, it's going away, and I see now it has a big, huge tail wing section, and it has two more big, huge engines in the back. So altogether, this thing has five engines. And you know, in real life, that just wouldn't happen. Not like that. You wouldn't put engines in the back on the tail wing uh, of the aircraft. They call that the vertical stabilizer on the back. Um, and that's where that's how it looked. And I'm thinking, oh, there was more to it. Okay, so this was the the jet was white. It was all white. And I actually found a photo on a uh, a stock photo website I like to use a lot called Unsplash Unsplash.com. And I found a photo of a NASA 747. It looked almost exactly like it. It was white. And now this jet, in my dream, it, I knew that it, had, it represented NASA space technology. And there were four crew members in there, two pilots and two other guys. One of the guys was kind of like older, maybe uh, like gray hair, uh, short gray hair, like, I don't know, maybe in his 60s or a little bit higher. And he was the most calm, relaxed. Like, he just had that level of confidence that he that nothing would ever phase. And he just, like, knew everything that was going on. He was the most calm it was it's really hard to put it into words, but that was the only person I saw. And I think he was somewhere in the back. I don't think he was a pilot. He was like somewhere in the back. And I understood that the, the character, the description of him was very symbolic and very important to me. And so, and again, it was a NASA space age technology jet. So I'm thinking at the time, like, wow, what the heck is that? I knew it was a common symbol because I had already been learning. Uh, like I mentioned a previous time, there's a guy named Doug Addison, and his website is DougAddison.com. He teaches a lot on dreams. Uh, he's a he's a modern day prophet, um, and he learned from John Paul Jackson, which is one of the top forerunners, like in the last couple decades, who really brought back this whole understanding because it had been lost for a long time, hundreds of years it was lost, and so he was one of the forerunners to bring it back. So John Paul Jackson was Doug Addison's personal. Uh, mentor. He actually, Doug actually worked for John Paul Jackson. And so that's a little history. You can look those guys up. If I, I try to bring out names like this so you can kind of go and, and reference to see who I'm talking about. Uh, my store page on my website, the chrismichaels.com website, has a lot of these resources there. You can see where I've learned if you're interested. And um, just so you get an idea where I'm coming from, I like to, I like to in my ebooks, I always put references and sources so you know I'm not just making this stuff up on my own. Or if you wanted to learn more, you would be able to go where to find it. Um, and so I just, I try to write things from a reference type perspective. Uh, so anyway, okay, so, <clears throat> so I started learning these things and I knew from Doug Addison that a, that a jet uh, or any kind of an airplane, not always, but sometimes, sometimes it can deal with your life calling and it's a common symbol. So uh, I understood that part and then I understood there was something about NASA technology and that kind of a thing. And I'm thinking, wow, this has got something to do with me. 
And then the big thing that got me was five engines. I'm like, what in the world is five engines? So now, uh, biblically speaking, numbers have, have significance. Uh, and so in biblically speaking, the number five has significance. You have five fingers because you do work with them. Five can also be the number of grace. And there's other things like that. There's, there's, there's different kinds of things. And uh, I have resources where all those, I've looked all those things up and learned them in the last, like I say, 11 years. And so I, so I knew the number five was significant, but none of the, I mean, I understood, okay, at the basic sense, it has something to do with work, but I didn't know anything beyond that. And I'm thinking, well, it's a space technology stuff and all this kind of thing. And so there's something I need to be tuned into because it has to do with me. And the fact that it flew over my childhood house, house represented a personal message to me. And so, um, so that's the basic idea of what happened there. And as I, as the years went on, uh, because this was 2014, I began to learn more and more about that. And I began to realize that all my other dreams started having connections with that one. And it, they were on all different topics. So I understood that uh, the five engines, well, an engine represents power and it gets you somewhere, but we'll just stick with the power thing. And it was, it was not until uh, the dream I told last time, 2017, was the first time I found out that I have a calling to advanced energy technology. And so when you have power and energy, they're, they're connected. It's a very similar kind of thing. And so this, I started to realize that this was about energy technology. And I've also found out that, and I, I can't really back this up with a lot of references right now, but at some point in the last few years, I happened to find, I started looking up energy and, and, you know, what do people know? Because I didn't, I, okay, I had dreams about this. I knew nothing about any of this. I, I wasn't planning on doing any of this my whole life. It wasn't something I thought of. It just, it just, you know, this is because I went looking for the answer of what is going on and what am I supposed to be doing because the other stuff wasn't working. So I knew there was something hidden that I needed to find, like a treasure in a field and you, you give up everything, you sell everything, and you go get that. Now, that's, of course, a biblical parable, but literally I had to do that. I had to give up everything, 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 go down to zero. Um, and that's a, I've talked about that before, but I'll get into that some other time. Actually, there's more about that on my uh, personal site, chrismichaels.com, that just explains what I really mean by that and all the, uh, you know, the basis for that kind of a process that you have to go through that, that I did. And so anyway... Um, <clears throat> So I, I started learning more about this and found out that the number five does have connections with energy. And some people even say there's, I don't think this is maybe, I wouldn't, don't quote me on this, but someone said that this is, there's like five different forms of energy. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but at least that's something that I found along my earlier process of uh, trying to figure out what was going on here. So I said, okay, well, whether there's five or more or whatever, at least I know we are definitely talking about energy technology now. And of course, I knew nothing about it. I, I only knew the name Nikola Tesla, but I knew nothing about what he did. Well, now I've read a lot about him and I've learned a lot about that now. So, but anyway, I started to realize all these dreams started to connect with the, the first one I ever had. So I realized that was in fact what I thought, a life calling dream. And so now that is something that's going to be in the, the, the rewrite and greatly expanded version of the ebook. It's not going to be out anytime soon. I'm just talking about the major themes that are in there until that time that I can finish the whole thing. But so we're really, we're talking about today, again, supernatural science and the art, the art, or you could say the art or science of operating in two realms. The science, the hard science, think about science. You can, it's hard. It's what we call, like when I was in college, it's a hard science is something you can measure you can observe it, you can analyze it, you can, uh, you can, you know, whether it's chemistry and you're mixing things and you have to be very specific about the amounts 
or if it's like computer science where you're dealing with programming or designing the uh, circuit boards and that kind of thing. My dad was an electrical engineer, so he did some of those kind of things uh, when he was working in that field. Um, I mean, he's retired now, but I'm just saying that's what he did. And uh, <clears throat> so that's a hard science. And, you know, there are other things too. You know, we don't think of a, a surgeon as a scientist, but medical science you know, we you could kind of say that a surgeon, to some extent, is a form of a scientist, even though we don't we don't associate that necessarily on the surface. But that's really what's going on. And so, how do you take something a hard science, and how do you relate it to the supernatural? Well, see, if it wasn't for all the dreams, which you would say supernatural, I would have no knowledge of the science that I'm supposed to be that I'm going to be involved with, and that I have been learning a ton about in the last few years. So, for me, if it wasn't for the supernatural. I would have no science. I would have nothing because I would not know that there's all these things I'm, I was supposed to be studying and I did have been doing that, but I wouldn't know that if I didn't, if it did not st first start with the supernatural, which wouldn't have happened either if I didn't go through that horrible process of understanding that there is a such thing. It actually still exists today. It didn't end 2000 years ago or whatever, you know, and it's the same principles that Daniel, Joseph and others understood back in, in the, we quote, Bible times. And, uh, and so that's still going on today. And like I say, that was a big shock to me 11 years ago when I first realized this. And I had been taught the opposite. I had been taught the opposite most of my life. And I'm 51, so you can back it up. I lived 40 years in a spiritual wilderness having no knowledge of anything that I should have known. It should have been a foundational to my life, and yet it wasn't. And so uh, now on my second website, Blue Cube Rocket, I, I write there, it was never meant to be a blog site, but because things had taken so long, I had to do something with it, and I changed the whole thing around. It went through a death. I deleted almost everything on there. I got so frustrated with the timelines, thinking things would have happened by now, and uh, I'm not in control of the timeline in that. I know when you, have, when you have a calling to something global, you're on a global timeline. And there's almost there's very little you can do to change that. You have to get yourself ready for the right time. Just like if you go back, you know, Bible times, the guy named Joseph, you know, he was sold into slavery by his brothers, and then he was uh, put in prison later on by a false accusation, and then he was suddenly one day taken out of prison and made the number two guy in Egypt. All because two things. Number one, he could interpret dreams, and number two, he knew what the proper response to that was. If he all he did was interpret the dream, he would not have been promoted. And if you ever read the book of Jasher, which is which is referenced in the Bible, then you know that you know the whole story behind what what else happened because the biblical account gives very little information. And not saying anything wrong with that, but it gives a very little uh, information about what actually happened during the time. But the book of Jasher gives extreme details. It is amazing what what all the other stuff that took place at that time. And so. Um, <clears throat> Anyway, so, but it's very clear in there that if he did not also have the proper wisdom to know how to respond to that dream of the famine that was going to come, and uh, then he would not have been promoted to that position. So two things, he had to have the understanding of the dream, and he had to have the proper wisdom and the response. So he could, literally, he ended up saving the lives of the entire Middle East region uh, because they took the proper actions. Uh, they stored up the food for seven years, and when the seven years came, the famine, after the first seven years that were good, it would have killed everyone uh, if if he wasn't, you know, if he didn't do what he did. And so, uh, that, by the way, that is one thing. If you go through the same process uh, that I've been through, um, and I, I'm not the only one. There's other people, too, that are in a process of a similar, but, you know, at the same time, different calling. Uh, and they've been going through the same kind of a process. It's very unpleasant, by the way, <clears throat> just like Joseph's 
life was very unpleasant up until the time he got promoted to the number two guy in Egypt. And that's just part of the process too, because your character flaws won't come out until you're put in a very horrible situation. Why? Because you don't know what's there. And when the right pressure is put on, all of a sudden, wham, those things come out and you didn't know that you could be such a monster. And uh, well, I've been through that and all kinds of things have been exposed. And also those things have been shown in dreams because again, we're dealing with a very personal God who knows everything and speaks in symbolic dreams and he'll show you that stuff. You act like an animal, he's gonna show you an animal. Uh, he'll show you a bunch of wild animals and you're wondering, why am I seeing all these wild animals? Well, it's either someone gonna attack you in real life or it's you. And sometimes it was me and it was not very good. And there's other things too. Uh, there's all kinds of common dreams about that. I have like several examples uh, on my website also, and um, I'm not selling anything. I'm just telling you, if you want to know the rest, it's that's where to go uh, because it's already written up quite extensively actually uh, in the uh, blog page that I have set up. So anyway, uh, back to the whole thing here about how do you combine these two things together? Um, you know, I would have known nothing about my calling if I didn't first come to the realization that this stuff is still, is still real today. And again, I was taught opposite of that my whole life. Um, so it was really, really hard. Like I say, the Doctor Strange process was very hard for me to come to terms with how come I never saw any miracles in my life? How come no one ever talked about this stuff? Well, now I've seen tons of actual miracles, healing miracles. I've, I experienced two myself a number of years ago, uh, shortly after I started learning this. So they're real. I've seen them. I experienced them. And uh, by the way, sometimes uh, one of the amazing things you'll get in your dreams is God can show you uh, things you need, like health solutions. And I have three times I've had to happen. And I'll just tell you specifically what they are. I have a, a video and a blog called High Altitude Science Dreams in my website, High Altitude Science Dreams. It's on YouTube. It's on the other platforms, BitChute, I think Rumble also, because I use all three of those. And in there, I, I had a series of dreams. One of them showed me I needed iodine. I didn't know why. It took me two months, two months to figure that out. Another one showed I needed borax. It was symbolic. I had to research, and all of a sudden I realized that dream was about borax, and I didn't know what that was. I had to find out what the reason for that was also. And then another one, more recently, was about apple cider vinegar. Um, and so there were three dreams, and I, and I eventually found out what they all represented. And uh, so two, the first two, iodine and borax, are detox. And the uh, apple cider vinegar is is a similar thing, but there's just a few minor things going on with me that haven't been uh, corrected. And uh, so sometimes, uh, like I say, I've seen actual miracles take place in person. I've been there, and some of them were astounding. Uh, they actually do exist. They're real today. Um, and I have connections with people that are that are into that very heavily. And and so. Uh, but sometimes, so that's a miracle. A healing is a thing that takes place progressively. And sometimes it will require natural remedies like I learned myself. So that's another thing you might get. And by the way, I've told this before, but sometimes uh, people that come and, okay, now it's not just me. It's anytime you get in the presence of someone who, who does this kind of thing, uh, you're going to start getting dreams also. And you need to pay attention to them. And I do eventually want people to come on here, either email me privately or come on here and tell me them. And I'll do the best I can and tell you what they mean. And if I can't totally get it, then I will at least get you in the ballpark something to think about. Because when I was first learning, there were times when people gave the full interpretation. I was like, yep, that's exactly what's going on. One time it was something negative about me. And I don't mind explaining that the, the one side of the coin I was saying earlier, how you got to be a fighter to get to this kind of a level. But the other side is that if you're fighting in the wrong way, you're going to lock yourself off 
because you are now the hindrance because you keep fighting with people all the time. I had to get over that. And believe me, there were times it was bad. On the one hand, it was good. On the other hand, it was bad. And I had a, I had a dream. I didn't understand it. It was the dream took place in my grandmother's yard at her house. And the fighting tendency I get comes from that part of my lineage, my grandmother's lineage and her grand and her, her parents. So my grandmother and her parents, um, that's where I got that from. And the dream took place right there in the yard. And I was, I was, it was a car. I was parked on the grass, which has symbolic represent uh, meanings also. In this case, it was negative. And there were two little midgets wearing karate uniforms that came around and they were going to attack the front end of my car. I'm just watching this thing. And the guy that uh, helped me understand that, uh, he said, those midgets represent stunted growth for you. And at the time, he didn't give the rest, but I was like, I already know what that is because I know about this fighting thing and karate in that sense. Now, not always. In some cases, it could be a good symbol, but in this case, it was a negative symbol because they were attacking my car. Like they were going to destroy something on the front end of it. And so the front end re would, could represent like where you're going in life because the car can represent your life and where it's going. The condition of the car shows something about your life, whether it's good or bad, or the type of car can represent something. There's so many different things in there. And um, <clears throat> sometimes, well, I don't want to get off too much in that. But anyway, that's an example of a very negative dream I had that I was being blocked off by my own bad tendency of wanting to fight with people all the time. And I'm talking about verbally. I'm not talking about physically. <laughs> I did take karate a number of years ago, but it really wasn't ever something I could totally latch onto because I just wasn't the kind of person to get in a physical fight. But verbally, yeah, just not physically. So I'm saying when I, I have to clarify what I mean by that. So anyway, <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> okay. So back to the whole thing about, you know, the two realms and how I discovered my calling. That's on the little title here. And uh, let's see, so common dreams, that's, you're going to see a lot of that kind of thing in your dreams. And so I talked about the process. There's things you have to process out of, and I have definitely processed out of a lot of stuff. And I was talking about the pressure, how uh, unless you're put in a negative circumstance, uh, you have no idea how many evil things are hiding under the surface. And if you go back to King David, he wrote something in the Psalms that cleansed me from secret sins or secret faults. That's something you don't even know you have. And believe me, I went through that whole process. I wouldn't say I went through it because I'm still in a process. You never really, you know, we're always going to be imperfect. We're never going to do anything right. Uh, ultimately, not anything. I said that wrong. We're not going to do everything right. And some things we, we should be learning, especially when it comes to arrogant attitudes and that kind of thing. We need to be learning uh, those kind of things and processing out of those. And if I didn't go through this process, if I didn't understand that literally the God of the Bible still speaks in dreams today, I would not have processed out of this characteristic. I would still be exactly what was dumped on me by my family lineage. I would still be the same today. But I had a number of dreams in the last couple of years showing me like a, a very friendly, smiling person would come up and I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I was kind of like arguing with the dream. This is a stupid idea because I already knew what the meaning was. I just couldn't get, I couldn't do that because it was such a stronghold. And that brings me to another dream I had last year showing I was being delivered, set free of that stronghold. And, but there were certain things I did in order for that to happen. It didn't just happen by itself. And so a lot of things we go through, there are very specific deliberate things you must do. Otherwise you will stay the same. And I found that out. And that falls into the category of a generational curse that I had that, that came right down the line and landed on me. Funny, not everyone in my family. I have siblings, and they did not all get that, but I sure as heck did. 
And so I had to, I had to go, then going through the process and I'm, I'm way, I've even had dreams, follow-up dreams since then showing me that I have definitely been making massive amounts of progress. I am no longer the person I was uh, even, even as much as a year ago. And if you go through the right process, you should be noticing massive, huge changes in your life every couple months, every six months, every year. But see, if you go back to the, those years, those 40 years when I lived in a spiritual wilderness, church my whole life, I had hardly changed at all. Why? Because they didn't teach at this level. They didn't teach about this stuff. And there were very, very minor changes. I almost, I was the same person year after year after year. Almost nothing changed. A little bit, but hardly anything. And the really bad stuff, the whole pride, arrogance stuff, that was such a stronghold. None of it changed until only in the last, let's say, seven years or so, when I started hearing that kind of teaching on that. And then I started to realize that I was going to be going nowhere if I didn't get that fixed, despite the fact that I have this huge calling, but I would be the one who would make it not happen when I should have been the one to make it happen. And that's another thing too. So say for instance, I talk about all these dreams and how it shows my life calling, but there's a thing you've got to do. And that's another section um, in the upcoming ebook is that there are very deliberate things in the natural realm, the practical, when you wake up, practical things you must do, otherwise the thing is not going to happen. You'll just have an amazing dream like that first one I did or the other one, the like either the big NASA jumbo jet or the Pleiades power station. You'll have a big dream like that and nothing will happen. It is not automatic. There's a, there's stuff you, we have to do. Some of it are spiritual things. Some of it are natural, practical things. I did a ton of research because I didn't realize. I knew nothing about advanced energy technology. I knew nothing. And so I had to go through a huge practical uh, process of doing research and learning all these things. <clears throat> I'll tell you what, I feel like in the last seven, eight years, I have learned more than I ever did in my college degree. And I'm not speaking down about that. I'm just saying that's the, that's the reality. I have learned way more on my own because of following my dreams and researching them than I ever did at any point before in my life, in, any, in my undergraduate degree or in my graduate degrees that I I started all these different graduate degrees, none of them, I couldn't see the relevance in any of them, so I never finished them. But I learned more in the last few years than I ever did during any of that stuff. And that's just, you know, I'm just telling you my testimony. It's, I'm not trying to make a blanket statement. That's because it doesn't, you know, anyway, just move on from that. Okay, <clears throat> so, uh, but there are practical things you gotta do. And the first one of those is to write down the dream. It doesn't matter how weird it looks or how stupid, write it down, it'll make sense later. Um, and if it doesn't make sense to you, then you got to do what I did when I was first learning and go find someone like me who, who understands the right principles. Now remember, again, go back to the Bible. There were, there were people, there was like Daniel and Joseph, and they were called because in both cases, the, the so-called magicians and wise men, they used different principles. They could not interpret the dream, but Daniel and Joseph, they interpreted it. They understood because they understood they used the right principles. And there's, there are definitely people out there who do not. And there's a lot of reasons why the difference. Now, some things they'll have, they'll get the idea, but other things they will not. And I don't really want to get into that now. I'm just saying there's a very big difference. I know because I've looked into it. There's a huge difference between people who use the principles I use, I, that I've learned to use, and those who use something very different. Um, so I'm just saying, and biblically, that's been going on for thousands of years. So that's not even anything new. Uh, but some people who, like I say, I know I have listeners that are, uh, they have never heard this before. Uh, some of them are opposed to what I'm saying. And, uh, you know, I just know that. But like I said, from the beginning, I'm not trying to convince anyone of anything. I'm just telling my testimony. And eventually when all this stuff does come out in public that I'm talking about with the whole advanced energy technology and all that that I'm called to, 
those people who rejected and refused and had all kinds of excuses and and biases and all this stuff um, I keep and most of my family is in that category they just they won't most of them will not most of them not all most of them will not believe anything I'm saying well what did Jesus say a prophet is not welcome in his hometown well I know that one pretty well even the friends I had here rejected the church friends I had that should have known this they rejected certain things and even came out attacking me which is a whole other story and so I've, I've had to that's why I say you have to be a fighter when people come against you and you know that the thing you have is so big, you will you will never allow anyone to come and steal it from you. Well, that's the good side of fighting. You're gonna, sometimes you just have to do that. And if they're going to give you an attitude, you just cut them off and say, that's it, I'm done with you. I gave you a chance. I've tried telling you many times. It's been a year or two years, you're, and now you're attacking me. I'm done with you. I don't care how many years I've known you. Your number of years of being friends with me does not give you the right to attack me. And so sometimes you have to cut people off. And so I'm just saying it's not very fun. It's very unpleasant. I, I really, it was very disturbing when I had to do those kind of things. Uh, even family members, not very many, but a couple of them did the same thing to me. And we, you know, you're going to be part of your family, whether you like it or not. So I eventually just said, you know what? I'm not talking to them about any of this stuff. I've tried too many times. They keep rejecting. They keep coming up with excuses and all this, this uh, kind of stuff. And they're stuck back where I was prior to 11 years ago. And so what I keep saying is to them, to those people, I'm like, okay, so I've been trying to tell you this for all these years. You keep refusing and rejecting and coming up with a list of excuses. What are you going to do when all this thing comes out in public? And now I have the thing and now it's on a global scale. And I'm, and I'm like on, on the level of an Elon Musk, which by the way, I've seen that in dreams also. Uh, so I'm, not, I'm, just telling what's, I'm just telling what's in there. And that's what they show. And I'm saying, like, so when all this stuff happens, what are you going to say? What are you going to say then? I tried to tell you. I wanted you to get on board. I wanted to tell you these things because I wanted you to learn something also and find out what you're missing. It wasn't about me promoting myself. That's not the point I'm saying. And I didn't make this up. I'm saying, here's the process I went through. Here's the stuff I had to do. Here's the things I learned. It's not about me just because I'm the messenger. I'm just the one telling you. If you learn the same things and do the same things, you have no idea. You would be amazed because the plan for your life is hidden. Like I said last time, it is intentionally hidden. And because I understand the basis for all this biblically, God hides things that are extremely valuable. You see this in the natural realm. You don't see, most of the time, you don't see gold, silver, diamonds, and, and, and platinum. You don't see that laying on the surface. You gotta dig, you gotta spend a lot of effort um, and all that kind of thing. It takes effort and it takes a lot of research to find where those things are. And that's why if it was just laying on the surface, it wouldn't be meaningful. You know what I'm saying? It, no one would value it. But the harder you have to look and the harder the process you go through, you learn to honor what is there. And so I had to learn, you know, I spent, like, again, go back four decades in churches. Not one time did anyone teach on the word honor. I didn't know. I didn't even, you know, I learned the military version of honor, but not the spiritual version of honor at all. And so I had a big problem with that. Um, and there's lots of reasons for that. Um, but I had to learn about honor, honoring these kinds of things. If you don't honor, then you can't get anything. If you don't honor a person, you can't get anything from them. If you don't honor some, a concept or information like this, if you don't honor it, if you think it's stupid, then you're not going to get anything out of it. And someday you'll look back and have no idea what you missed. 
And uh, so I also say uh, quite commonly that the reason that the world is in various parts complete disaster is because there are people that should have known this that didn't or they didn't ask the right questions because I had to ask questions to even go down this track. I had to learn to ask the right questions. And if I didn't ask the right questions, I would never have gotten here. Um, and so that's another whole thing. That's, that is something in the, one of the topics in the ebook when it comes out again that you have to learn to ask the right questions and a lot of people ask the wrong questions and they have life flipped upside down backwards um and i talked a little about that on another show i was on recently and so um uh, so anyway i'm just saying that these are some of the things i've had to learn but there are global solutions that are not even present because the people who were who should have had them didn't go through the right process and didn't ask the questions and and a lot of times, you know, I, I, if you really research how many people have had amazing, shocking things like I'm describing in dreams, most, I don't know, I can't say if it most or half, or it's a very large percentage of people, even Einstein had dreams, the red shift and all that, uh, the sled going down the hill in the dream at light speed and, and the color of the stars began to change. He had these things in dreams. That's how he came up with these theories. He didn't just sit in an office one day and just come up with something. No, he had this stuff in dreams. Again, go back to the internet search engine, Google. Um, that came from a dream. So if those people hadn't been paying attention, what I'm saying is how many other solutions, global solutions, aren't even here because people weren't paying attention? Um, you know, so I just, I use that not to beat anyone down. I'm using it to kind of throw a bait out and th and try and kind of like open the door and say, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff behind this door and until you open it, you have no idea what's behind there. Um, and so anyway, that's the whole process. There's a lot more in here uh, that we'll eventually uh, probably discuss in other places. Okay, that's the end of part one. Uh, come back the next time and the next episode for the remainder of this discussion for part two. And thank you for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Chris Michaels. I had a brilliant idea for 2022. While I'm experimenting with sponsor ads for my podcasts, I realized I should be sponsoring myself. So in case you did not already know, I have my own line of digital products on my website, chrismichaels.com. I have four ebooks that deal very heavily with how God speaks in dreams, including from the basic beginner level to the intermediate, where I deal with common dreams, and advanced level with Marvelic Supernatural Abilities and Finding Your God Intended Purpose. I also have video channels and now this new podcast series, in addition to text-to-speech audio blogs in podcast format. Additionally, when available, I interpret dreams using biblical Christian principles and methods as I have since 2015. If you have not already, head on over to chrismichaels.com and get familiar with all my content. If you have dreams for me to interpret, check my dream request contact page for my availability and alternate options if I am temporarily unavailable. If you have general questions, you can submit those using the contact page instructions. You can also sign up for my email list where I give regular updates on prophetic news and global events, dream interpreting, and the latest in my ongoing saga of the global energy tech breakthrough as shown to me in many of my own dreams. Thanks very much for stopping by. I look forward to hearing from you if you like. And thank you for your support. God bless.